Welcome to the Elemental Yin Yang Podcast, a fresh perspective on yoga and life. You are listening to episode 15, Less Stressful Decision Making. Hello, my name is Erin Aquin. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a really interesting episode ready for you guys. And I think this is really a perfect episode any time of year. Uh, We're still talking specifically about the wood element, but making decisions is definitely not limited to spring only. So I hope that you find this topic really helpful and that it saves you all of the time and energy that so many of us waste going back and forth trying to make decisions in our life. Making big life decisions is a huge deal. And in previous podcasts, especially when I was talking about the water element, I talk about how it's so important to get very clear on what your priorities are in your life and the kind of life that you really want to live. So if you haven't listened to those earlier episodes, I would highly recommend going back and listening to them simply because that's going to give you a really strong foundation for what we're talking about today. And I mentioned that this has a lot to do with wood energy. So wood is really the element that executes the master plan. In Chinese medicine, we often talk about the wood element being sort of like the general in the army. So they have this whole strategy in their mind about how they're going to make progress and achieve the military goals for the empire or the kingdom. And in (laughs) stereotypical fashion, the main emotion of the wood element is anger. So we all know that anger has a strong destructive quality, but anger can also be used as a catalyst to move things forward. All revolutions were sparked by some level of anger over the injustice of how people were being treated or how they were being managed and ruled. So just like any of the five emotions, Anger is not inherently good or bad. It's really the expression and how we use that energy. Another quality of the wood element, and you will definitely see this in wood constitution type people, is that they really keep their eye on the prize. So they set their strong foundation, the roots of the tree. We talked about this a few episodes ago. They focus deeply on the task at hand. They focus on their goal. And when they achieve a level of perspective, proficiency, they achieve some plateau, they have a certain amount of freedom because now that that knowledge and experience has been gained and they're more free to blow in the wind, so to speak. And anyone who's ever taken care of trees or plants for that matter knows that Part of keeping a tree healthy is the act of pruning it. So rather than letting everything get too wild and dispersed, it's really about keeping that energy contained in a way that helps the tree grow upwards and outwards. 
And I know that today you'll pick up on some of these metaphors in what I'm speaking about when it comes to decision making. So what happens when you need to make a decision? It may not be an earth shattering decision. It may not be something that is going to immediately change the course of your life, but you have a sense, you know, that in some ways it's going to have some impact on your goals and your dreams and the course that you are taking. This is where I find wood energy very helpful because using this element I have learned not only how to make decisions, but to act upon the decision I've made, despite some of the natural doubt and uncertainty, which comes from traversing a new path. And it definitely, and I definitely didn't always have this skill. This is something I've kind of learned from studying Chinese medicine and studying different philosophies, but I noticed how much time I would waste going back and forth on small to medium decisions in my life. And I know that a lot of you have probably spent more time and energy than you would like making decisions about how you're going to shape your career, whether you're going to go on a wild vacation next year or save your money and buy a car. (laughs) There are all different types of these small to medium life decisions that we make. And it's really tricky because sometimes the way forward is just not clear. So I think part of what helped me get over a lot of this back and forth that many of us do, I'm definitely not cured of it, (laughs) it comes up now and then, but my overall philosophy about this has really shifted in the past few years and I think it's been very helpful. While many people in the spiritual world have a strong belief in destiny or that you'll hear people say everything happens for a reason or it just wasn't meant to be. I don't find that belief to be personally useful when it comes to making decisions in my life. Now, if you find that those types of beliefs have helped you and supported you, great. You don't have to change them. I'm not suggesting that you change your mind because we're all free to believe exactly what we want to believe. That's the beauty of the human mind is we can believe whatever we want. No one can tell us otherwise. We have the complete freedom to choose within the privacy of our mind what to think and what to believe. But I have personally found that looking for a sign or an omen to support one decision over another, I have found that to be so draining in the past. You know, we, I, and I think so, I think many of us do this on a subconscious level, but you wait for the right decision to drop into your lap. And just the fact that some people believe there's a right and wrong decision, there's a right path to take, you know, do I take this new job or don't I? One of these decisions is right and I have to pick the right door. <laughs> I have to read the signs that the universe is sending me. Well, I, I think a lot of times people will use different signs or omens to support the decision they probably wanted to make anyway. The problem that I've had with that, doing that type of thing with myself, is that if you decide that the universe is guiding you, rather than you making a personal decision, an interesting thing happens because we tend to give credit to the universe (laughs) when things turn out well, And then we turn around and blame ourselves if things don't. 
we think, oh, well, we must have read the signs wrong. Again, if the belief that there is a set path for you and you need to read the signs and follow that set path, if that has worked for you, don't change it. <laughs> but if you, if that belief is something you've adopted and it leaves you feeling disempowered, which is the experience that I had, then you might start to play with the belief that there is no right or wrong path, just the one I choose. This has saved me so much heartache, so much regret, so much of that what if. I don't ever lie in bed and think, what if I had just stayed in the music industry and taken that path, where would I be? I don't ever think, what if I had not moved to Boston to be with my partner, where would we be? I never think about these things. I love my life. (laughs) I really do. And I sleep at night knowing that I've given myself the freedom to choose to make one path work. So the idea is that Rather than thinking about making decisions like it's a game show where behind door number one, there's a fancy car and behind door number two, there's a dumpster of rotten bananas <laughs> and you have to somehow pick the right one. It's, a, it's the luck of the draw kind of thing. But rather than thinking that way, I have chosen to adopt the belief that Whatever path I choose is the right one. And I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make that path be the beautiful thing. So in the long view, there are, of course, times where if I zoom in on my life, there are times in my life I wish I had made a different decision. But taking that big perspective, zooming back out, traveling along that path, carving that path, we could say, you know, for really taking responsibility for it, carving out that path for myself has landed me right here. And I am so grateful to be right where I am. And I wouldn't mess with that. I wouldn't mess with the past. I wouldn't go tweaking things at this point because I love right where I am. So this might be something that you think about and play with, this little philosophy of mine. (laughs) But It's just so much more free to choose to make something work than wait for a cosmic sign from the universe to fall into your lap and then obsess over whether you've read the signs wrong, whether you chose the right door. One of my yoga teacher trainees told me recently that one thing she sometimes feels is this deep regret that she didn't start her teaching business decades earlier. She you know, sometimes thinks about what her life would be like now if she had taken her teacher training when she was much younger and had started opening a studio. You know, she thinks, oh, I'd be so much further along. And when she said that to me, I could understand where she was coming from. But I also had to point out to her that we don't know what her life would have been like if she had made that decision and carved out that path that she was dreaming about. But we do know how many lives she's changed, how many people's health has improved because she took the exact route that she did. 
her life experience is so beautiful. The experiences that she's had are things that she brings into her teaching. And if she had started her teaching business 20 years ago, she wouldn't have had those experiences to share with her students now. This is also really helpful because it frees you from thinking about changing the past. We can't change the past. We can't change the past, nor can we control the things outside of our sphere of influence. And that frees up so much energy because rather than making decisions, worrying that you might be choosing the wrong door, you've just decided that you're going to carve out the life that you want. And yes, so much of life is out of our direct control. And I think that's part of why I love to take ownership of the things that I can influence. So this type of thinking has freed up so much energy for me and for a lot of the people that I work with, a lot of the teachers that I coach, to just move forward beyond that natural doubt and uncertainty without a monkey on your back telling you that you might have made the wrong decision. You're on the wrong path. You should have turned left when you turned right instead. And if your current way of thinking isn't working for you, then that might be something you want to try on. There's no reason we can't experiment with new ways of thinking. And now I want to talk to you about the process that I use to make decisions. So let's say that your ultimate goals are very clear. Your big dream is totally clear in your mind. It's important that you establish some ground rules to help you facilitate the follow-through. Unfortunately, because so many of us use a lot of unnecessary time and energy just making a decision about what to do, there isn't, it doesn't always feel like there's a lot left over to actually get it done. So this is a technique that I shared in my book, The A to Z of Being a Successful Yoga Teacher. And it's from chapter five. It's all about empowered evaluation. I wrote this for yoga teachers, but this is a really universal issue for many people because when we're sometimes faced with an opportunity like a new job or for yoga teachers, a brand new yoga class, sometimes the heart leaps to say yes to a new opportunity and it often overrides the rational mind. But we need that rational mind. That rational mind lends a great deal to decision-making because it acts as a dispassionate, more objective voice of reason. It weighs the pros and cons. It looks at the facts and takes into account the known history around the choice at hand. But I know that somewhere along the way in the yoga world, we have developed a major stigma against the rational mind. So a lot of people call the rational mind the critical mind or the judging mind. Um, yes, the definitely the more critical mind, the more negative voice that some of us have can masquerade <laughs> as the rational mind. But the rational mind is different, and I think that there's a big division between using your head and following your heart that is real for many people in the spiritual world. It makes decisions so difficult. We don't know if we're supposed to just follow the way we feel or listen to all of the 
ideas and objections of our thinking mind. My own life has been a winding road. (laughs) Um, I've made a lot of decisions purely following my heart. I've made a lot of decisions purely following my rational mind. I've changed careers a number of times. Actually, being a yoga teacher is my longest running career. I've been teaching yoga for 15 or 16 years now. But I know that people who are rooted more in the rational probably think I am a hot mess and that I just got bored and kept changing things up. And I know that people who are more of the follow your heart camp probably see me as a free spirit who lives life according to my own rules. (laughs) The truth is it's a mixture of both. There are times when my rational mind has kept me from taking a big leap into the unknown, probably one I would have regretted later. And I've also followed my heart right off of a few cliffs. (laughs) It's all life experience. But I gained something even from those so-called mistakes. I learned things. I've experienced so much. And the insight that I've taken away from this is that the head and the heart have to operate together. The times when they don't is disastrous (laughs) for most of us. When I'm coaching new yoga teachers, sometimes they will finish teacher training and they don't have any money in the bank, but they're ready to turn around and quit their job and open a yoga studio. And it's totally a decision that's coming from love and passion and a beautiful part of them. But I always tell them to wait a year. I tell them to wait until they have either an investor or a real sense of the community that they are in. We need that brain. We need that mind. (laughs) We need the passion. We need the desire. We need the love for what we're doing. But we need the brain to help work it out on the days where we don't feel so impassioned. So we want to bring the heart and the head together as much as possible when making decisions. Because the worst thing is making promises based on a happy feeling or a projection in the future without working through at least some of the details and making sure that you have given yourself the resources. So again, the water element is all about cultivating and maintaining resources so that you're not going to over commit yourself or burn through the time and energy that it's actually going to take to execute the process. And I want to make one more distinction here because I know that some of us have a really hard time distinguishing between the critical, negative, doubting part of our minds and the rational part of the mind. If we think about it like a company, We think about a really passionate CEO who's got these big dreams and goals. That's kind of like the heart. And the rational mind is kind of like the chief operating officer. So they're making sure that the day-to-day actually runs and that the goals of the company, the vision of the company can can be produced in a way that is sustainable. But I know it can be so tricky to make the distinction between the naysaying mind and that rational, clear-headed part of the mind. So in my experience, the negative, 
unhelpful, doubting part of the mind always comes with those emotions. So the rational mind doesn't stir up drama. It's really just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> it's really just looking at the, the truth of the numbers. It's the part that looks at whether you've got enough money to sustain two years operational costs of a yoga studio before you even start looking at a lease. And if you don't have that money in the bank, you don't have that support or an investor, it's the part of you that will help to secure those things. So the rational mind is not negative. The rational mind is helping you to plan out intelligently the steps it's going to take to get there. The fear, the doubt, the heavy emotions, the things that keep you up at night, that's something else. That's a different energy. That's the critical mind. And if you look at those emotions, you know, they're only emotions. Those things do come up. They will come up periodically when you're working on big dreams. If you're doing something you've never done before, you are going to have those fears and doubts come up. It's totally natural. But your rational mind is your tool. It's there to help you get there. It's there to support the love and inspiration in your heart. And one of the most simple and helpful techniques, I shared this in the A to Z book that I've ever used is called empowered evaluation. So when it comes to making decisions, this is what I do. If someone asks me to do something, whether it's teach a yoga class, um, teach a workshop, I am one of those people who will almost always say yes right in the moment, <laughs> but I have slowly begun to train myself to press pause. That's the first step. You press pause. You, you simply say, let me get back to you on that. I'll get back to you by Wednesday. Thank you for the opportunity. And I try to let the decision rest for 24 hours. So it's enough time to let the emotional component settle a little bit so that I can look at it with my own standards. My personal standards have changed a lot in the last few years. I ask myself, is this something I want to do because it's fun? I make a lot of my decisions, both in my personal life and in my business, based on whether I think it's going to be fun or exciting or it's really going to stretch me in a new way. If it's a yes, then I'm much more likely to do it. I will also ask myself if this is a project or an opportunity that is supporting a friend or a cause that I believe in. So when I do volunteer work, it's usually fun, but I do it because I want to support a specific organization or a specific cause that I really believe in. And the next very important question I always ask is, do I have time and energy for this opportunity? There are a number of things that I think are really fun and I've been very excited about that I've still had to say no to because I just didn't feel like I had the time and energy to devote my whole self towards. And then finally, the most important question of all, is this something that is aligned with my direction and my big goals? So you may think it's going to be fun. You may have a little extra time, 
But if the project or the opportunity is not something that is going to take your vision to the next level, then that's really something you have to consider before you say yes. So if you're a heart leaping, always say yes to everything type of person, my homework for you is for the next week, practice saying, let me get back to you on everything you are asked for a full week. I want you to notice how the times you might normally overcommit and later regret after thinking through all of the steps and obligations it's going to take. And perhaps the thought of picking the wrong decision is something that really does plague you. Practice letting go of that for the week. Just decide that you're going to allow your decisions to be the right ones. And we can't predict whether we are going to look back and wish we had made another choice. But if you try on or experiment with the thought that the decision you make is the right decision because you're going to make it be the right decision, notice how empowered that leaves you. Notice how much more engaged with your life and how much more conscious you are of the things that you choose to do. So this was a jam-packed episode. I hope that you found it helpful. I would love to hear your thoughts. So please, please, please do head over to aquinyoga.com slash podcast and comment on this episode. Maybe you totally disagree with me um, on the philosophy around making decisions. I would love to hear your thoughts either way. And let me know how your empowered evaluation experiment goes this week. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. If you are enjoying this podcast and would like to experience the style of yoga that inspires all of these topics, please check out our audio library of classes over at store.aquinyoga.com. This podcast was recorded and produced by me, Erin.